Welcome to Sports, Clips, and Politics with your hosts, Ben Husong and me, Sean Hannon. Welcome to Sports, Clips, and Politics with your hosts, Ben Husong and me, Sean Hannon. Welcome, everybody. I believe we are live in studio. Mr. Husong, how was your 4th of July weekend? It was absolutely wonderful. How was yours? Uh, excellent. Any fireworks in your, uh, in your day of the celebration? There certainly were, but I didn't set them off, so I can't be held accountable. But yes, there were fireworks, and it was wonderful. I, I'm still a fan of fireworks. I know that's not a, that somehow became a, an unpopular opinion, but I, I still like them. Yeah, they're fun. How about you? Uh, no fireworks. Um, I worked actually on 4th of July, so it was not all that exciting of a shift. Uh, I got to tell you, so I can see that, but, but it is what it is. Um, sure. breaking news in the world of Jeffrey Epstein, exciting news, oh boy. something that I've been waiting for. I don't know. I feel like for a decade now, Ghislaine Maxwell arrested in New Hampshire. Um, I, I don't even know where to start with this because it could go any, anywhere. Um, but she clearly moves to uh, number one in the list of the most, uh, whatever the rankings of all-time criminals are, in custody. She is now at the top of that list. Uh, Joining John Dillinger. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully she stays safe um, from all things that are dangerous in the world of uh, being the number one most wanted criminal in the world. Slip and fall. Getting tangled in sheets and suffocating. Right. Any, anything that could keep her safe, I, I wish for. Um, but anyway, so if you kind of see what happened here, the uh, you know she had purchased a an estate in Bradford, New Hampshire, I believe, uh, something like 156 acres, and she purchased it in cash through some lawyers back in December, and she's been hiding out there ever since. Um, apparently, they raided her that. That property, stormed the door, crashed in the door, caught her. Basically, she uh, went with much without much ado, I guess. Um, now is the waiting period for what happens next, and I don't know that anybody knows. Um, we're still waiting for her to appear in court, um, so there is no mugshot yet. There is no uh, um, actual visual evidence of, of her anywhere since this news broke. Um, I don't even know. Like I said, do we want to talk about whether or not she's the queen or king of the pyramid or if she's just a piece or if Epstein's just a piece? I mean, this legitimately, I could talk about this for 45 minutes. <laughs> do you have some specific questions? I mean, I'm excited to 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 see that she's possibly going to be held a- accountable for, I mean, if you guys read the indictment, I'm not going to do it here because it's gross. But if you read yeah. the indictment, she's an evil person um, and she's being whoever's protecting her and who's been protecting her for all these months and years and decades, really. I mean, these counts go back to the mid nineties. So like there are, that's just the tip of the iceberg, if you will, or the base of the pyramid. I don't even know. Like it's the beginning of the timeline. So like it goes all the way up until at least 2017. She's been involved the whole way. You know, this, this is not, this is not going to stop here with this, with this 
arrest. No shot. So here's, let's do this. Okay. I'll go through the background of, of what we think we know okay. right now, and then you can come in and we'll do the contrarian or at least the theoretical point sure, of view I'll, that I'll, I think I'll touch, does I'll, I'll touch on anything I think is important. Right. So the idea right now has been Jeffrey Epstein has been the leader of this setup, this ridiculously unethical and immoral honeypot scam of entrapping world leaders, business leaders, and politicians into a getting caught on camera with underage girls. So the theory or the working theory, I guess, all along has been that he and Maxwell got together at some point. There's no question she was a co-conspirator. There's no question she was involved. And at least the way I understood it was her father was, uh, depending on the crew you want to listen to, either a giant fraud or a construct of the Mossad intelligence agency. But either way, died with a ton of money, and nobody knows what happened to him. Under mysterious circumstances. So now Epstein comes along, hooks up with Maxwell. He falls into this windfall of money and sets all this up, and it's been sort of presented that he was the alpha and she was the co-conspirator, equally as guilty, but that she was the second dog. Now... I don't know if that's true after the conversation I had with you. Yeah, so, let's so go from there. well, I mean, I, I'm going to work under the premise that I do think that her father was part of intelligence with Israel and Mossad specifically. I think there's been enough books out that have come out that have shed enough light on that that it, it's it's credible. Um, so, and he died, you know, through a suicide, falling off his yacht, the Lady Ghislaine. Hate um, it when that happens. Yeah, so um, the yacht named after his favorite daughter, Ghislaine Maxwell. So um, he disappears in, I think it's 1991. Um, you know, things progress quickly with Epstein and um, Epstein from, um, from those two to creating this elaborate, uh, you know, bribery scheme um, where they're intermingling with the, most richest and powerful people on the planet and luring them or what I, you know, it turns out to be basically getting them compromised in positions with underage girls without their knowledge. And then using that as leverage to get something, which I still think is unknown. Um, So my question is, is whether or not she as the daughter of the former spy, her dad is the actual stirrer of the pot and Epstein is just kind of like uh, part of the game for her. So, so she's um, she Mario needed him, right? She needed him and she used him. And I think it might've just been her. Now, listen, I, I've been trying to figure this out. Maybe you can help me. If I'm, if I'm Jeffrey Epstein and I have all this information on people and I'm bribing everybody and I'm, everybody knows I'm, I'm, they're being bribed or blackmailed, like, or blackmailed all that, uh, everything. Why isn't somebody taking him out? Like they have the resources to do that, right? Too. You don't think Lex Wexner, if he wanted to take Jeffrey Epstein, has the money to do that. If you don't think, uh, Prince Andrew, you know, Gary, whatever, uh, what's, who's the guy, the, uh, Gary Dubin, right? The freaking yep. the hedge fund manager guy, you know, you don't think he has enough money to take out somebody. Of course, of course he does. does. So what's stopping them from doing that, right? So it's either, I only can come with two things. Either there's somebody bigger than even Epstein and Maxwell above them being the hammer, being like, you're not doing anything, or the hammer. Or 
kill switch, right? Like if I go down, I got a, a button that I send out, you know, kind of like the WikiLeaks guy, uh, Julian Assange, who right. said, you know, if something happens to me, Guess you, what? Got, you guys public. have a code. So um, does he have that? So he was protected, which is, makes me think that they're not the top of the, they're not the very, very top of this thing. So um, they either had to be brilliant and I, you know, smart, they might be smart and, you know, evil for sure. And sometimes people will do things because nobody expects people to be so evil. Right. Um, but I think it goes, I think it's bigger than them. Um, I know there's uh, stuff out there that actually Lex Wexner may have been pulling the strings and he's, you know, denied everything. Uh, basically saying that, you know, he knew nothing about any of this. Um, but, you know, he's a big supporter of, of Israel as well. Um, so there's a lot of ties between the two countries and their intelligence agencies for both. And, you know, it points to there being a bigger game going on than just these two, you know, uh, pedophiles is, is what they are, but they're more sure. than that. Uh, to answer your question, I think the answer has to be there was something behind them. There's some type of leverage that's being exerted because otherwise you're off in this guy and that's going to be He's the dead. end. dead, right. Yeah, they're not going to let it go for decades. And I, I, it may have been a private setup where he did have the kill switch and it goes public and everything else, and that's that's feasible. I'm not going to say likely, but it's feasible. It could also be, and I think this is a more likely scenario, that an intelligence agency was working behind them and using this information. I think that because as unethical and amoral as it is, you can't argue with the effectiveness of the strategy. And while I couldn't do it and I can't possibly condone it or approve of it, I also know I'm not really the type of person that's generally going to occupy a seat in our intelligence agencies. So anyway, I, I'm no not sure where she sits sits in this pyramid, but I, th- I I wouldn't be surprised if she's higher on it than Epstein, and I do think that there are people higher than both of them. Oh, I think the most likely scenario, and I have no proof of this, it just, if I'm following, I think most things follow a logical progression, and if it if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's a duck. If you hear hoof print, or if you hear hoof coming at you, don't yell zebras, it's probably horses, all right? Could be zebras, but let's play the odds. It seems to me that this more than likely was her picking it up from where her father left off, turning it up to whatever this monstrosity of a honey trap uh, of a honey pot was. And then Epstein was brought in as a partner. I don't think he was a stooge. I don't think he was being used. I think he was a partner and he was, he was in on it. The most likely scenario is that it was the Mossad that was running it. I think the idea that the Mossad could run something like that in our country without the CIA's, knowledge and approval is low. Very unlikely. And I think now you're so far down this rabbit hole that what do you do? Right. Now that it's out, what do you do? Right. And so I I think the next thing is, does she talk? Right. So does she give names? Does she spill the beans? Does she, does she sell out some and not others? And what does that say if she does? Like if she starts selling out uh, Bill Clinton, but not Prince Andrew, you know, it it only allows us to keep continue to look into Prince Andrew and others, the ones who she doesn't call out. But there's, go- I, 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 you know, it's endless. The, the possibilities of where this could go are unlimited, and it depends on whether or not how much she's going to be forced to speak. So, to answer your question, no, I don't think she talks. I, I don't think she ever does. I think that she, something happens to her, she gets bounced out. The news cycle moves on and we forget about her, but in some shape, way, or form, are no, you I don't saying think that she talks? There will no be no Ghislaine Maxwell in twenty twenty one. 
Uh, I'm not going to go that far, but I would say that the odds, I'm basing this on the idea that, look, either. I mean, I'm, I guess what I'm asking is, do you think she's not going to be around to testify or do you think she's going to plea deal out of testifying? Yes. <laughs> I, I, no, okay. I don't know which. I don't think the result comes out that we get this breaking flow of information that proves that these governments that stand for freedom in the West and all of that are going to suddenly have this come to Jesus moment and acknowledge all this. Like, look, we, we all know that every intelligence agency across the country does horrific things in the name of defense of a country. It's reality. We don't want to know for the most part. Some people really do. I don't think the population overall wants to know. So I think what happens based on, all right, look, her father either killed himself, was offed, or was surreptitiously snuck out and pretended to fake his own suicide. Great. Epstein, same thing. If you're in her shoes, what are you going to do here? I mean, not saying it's right, but what do you what do you do? Yeah, I don't know. You don't um, talk. Like yeah, that's, I, I mean, that's the most likely outcome. Not on the record. Sure, I, you know, like I said, I, I don't. I, she, clearly, she's talking um, because they have her for like perjury already uh, for some. Uh, uh, um, original testimony that she has. So she has been willing to talk in the past and lie and lie for sure. Um, right. I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I, it, I find it hard to believe. Like, I don't think Prince Andrew ever testifies no matter what zero, no chances, zero. He, he's more likely a suicide candidate than Ghislaine Maxwell. I could see her doing whatever she could to save her ass by throwing any disposable garbage under the bus that she could on the way out. And I feel like at this point, Prince Andrew has become the scapegoat and I, he's horrible. I have no sympathy, no empathy for yeah. him whatsoever. I feel like at this point it's become the scapegoat of, if you can give up Prince Andrew, you don't have to give up anybody else. Yeah. And so that's it's, not right. So, and it's unique that it's been talked about that she will protect him to the end and not anybody else, which has been rumored obviously and reported, but right. who knows? Um, but that's what doesn't make sense. Like we know that other powerful people, other influential people have been on this this plane, this island, these houses, For and sure. everything else. For sure. The only two, let's call it three names that you ever hear about being associated with Jeffrey Epstein are Prince Andrew, Bill Clinton, Donald Trump. Yeah. Oh, and there's a a, a, a list longer than that for sure. Right. Um, you know, gov former Governor Bill Bill Richardson, uh, Senator George Mitchell. Um, uh, Jacques Lumbrunel. Think about how uh, long this was going on. Gary for. Dubin. Oh no, decades, decades. Right. And I'm, and it's not, you know, who knows what I would say mid-level millionaires, if that's even a thing. But like he's dealing with the richest and most powerful in the world. So like yeah. he may have a layer underneath that is that is you know just insulation, right? So like mm -hmm. it's um, it's putting judges in places. And, co and compromise judges in places that can protect you in the future. So, okay, if I do all my illegal activities through X and X districts, I know they're going to be saw by X and X judges. And if I have X and X judges in my back pocket because of X and X videos, right. then I'm, I'm walking. So um, I think there is layers to this dude or the system, whatever, not maybe just this, just Epstein himself, but this, this, this game that is being been played um, there are, you know, trips and all the on all the, the the way up up and down the system that have been put in place by these people to make sure that it never gets to the public domain or at least drags it out as long as possible right and, and i agree 
I think that's the most likely scenario. If you've been doing this for 25 years, you have it down to a science yeah. and you're not stupid. No. Like, you're evil, but you're not stupid. Right. So I think that right now it's become this sort of acceptable thing that Prince Andrew is well-connected and high-profile enough that it satisfies the media desire for big names, but he's so inconsequential to any governance that it doesn't do anybody any actual damage. Like, learning about Prince Andrew being involved in this, did you suddenly think less about the government of Great Britain? No. Right, and that's that's the reality. Did you so see, he's big did you enough see but small the enough. pictures of uh, Ghislaine and Kevin Spacey sitting on uh, King and Queen's throne? <laughs> no, not on the throne. Yeah. They're sitting on the throne That's together. Fantastic. Yeah, they just released that picture. Just uh, but arranged by Prince gonna, Andrew, right? If you're not, oh, Bill Clinton supposedly is rumored to be off the side of that picture too, like just Jeez. out of the picture. Right. So I forgot if, Kevin Spacey's in that list of names. If we're not going to get into the actual players, if we're not going to get the names of the whether it's former presidents, current presidents, senators, whomever else, head of states of other countries, if all we're going to get is Prince Andrew did it and yeah. Kevin Spacey did it, I just don't care. Yeah, those seems like. It's a cop out. Those seem like jokers, right? You know, what I mean, they're 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 just easy. They're it's easy. A red they're easy. Yeah, right. It's a look over here, don't look here. Yeah, no. And, and if this, we're like only going to get this, don't waste my time. Yeah, no. I'm good. Yeah. I don't need to hear anything else. No, for sure. So I'm hoping that yes, but I would say the smart money lies on no. We don't get anything out of this. That yeah. she's. Gonna... I mean, I think we get something out of it. Um, listen, if it just gets to trial, we get stuff out of it because, <clears throat> excuse me, disclosure. And all of a sudden, we just get documents, right? So we get stuff that has happened and you and evidence and stuff. So whether or not, I mean, listen, I, I assume that there's a plea deal in place, you know, already, already. kind of being negotiated. Um, but if she gets to trial, it's game over for a lot of these people. It's, um, here's the problem, though. Even in discovery, you have to give the stuff that's in your possession. If you don't have possession well, anymore. But New York does, right? So they raided Epstein's property. They have. They, they have. have they have that's that. my point. They right. don't need her for but now, any of But it. They, they couldn't bring that out because of Epstein's death, so they had I to drop you. the case. Now they have a new case that they can put forth that same evidence and say, hey, hey, look, now we have this evidence, right. and we can use it if she gets a trial. But if you're the powers that be that are Listen, behind them. She's never getting a trial. Right. I mean... I don't want to get my hopes up over it because I think there are too many outs. There are too many ways oh, this doesn't get We've already seen it play out, right? I mean, we've right. already seen it happen in real time. Seen we all movie. knew it was going to happen, and it happened anyway. Right. And, there, like, here we are. It's so, like watching The Hangover, then The Hangover 2, and then The Hangover 3. It's the same movie three times. I'll watch it because it was there were some parts that, that were worth watching, but I know the ending. Like, I, I already saw this movie. This is the exact same thing. That's my two cents on it is I don't think we're going to get anything. I, I wish we would because I think that there are too many people that have too much power internationally, not just in this country, but around the world. Sure. Uh, for that to go south, you have the consequences are higher than I can even fathom. Right, right. And as a result of that, I think, look, it's just not the most likely scenario. Right, and that's why that's why I'm still trying to figure out to what end because they legitimately could have leveraged anything they wanted from the most powerful people on the planet. So, I don't know. Uh, I don't else? think it was just money because there's other no, ways to do for that. sure. Um, what else? Anything else with Ghislaine? Um, I'll bring up this 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 Forbes article uh, outline again just real quick. Um, Oh, listen, just the connections are terrifying. Like her father, there's pictures of him standing with George H.W. Bush. Of course, that's not surprising because if this guy was any type of an yeah. intelligence asset. Yeah, there's there's talk of 
Epstein being involved in like Iran Iran Contra. Wouldn't so like, me at right. All. So like, if and that's you know just before that. So yeah, I don't know. Listen, Bush was the head of the CIA, so, so obviously right, he would have right, known him. Right, There's no question. Right, right. And if, then the if, picture of uh, Glenn at Bill uh, Chelsea Clinton's wedding is is circulating now. I, yeah, again, I mean, I've seen that a bunch of times. Right. But yeah, the oh, connections yeah, yeah, yeah. are there. We know it. It's this is what we talked about last time. Nothing about these people makes sense. Nothing. No. The only thing that makes sense is there's more to the story. Because otherwise, it doesn't make sense how you were able to get away with it for this long with no reckoning, with no accountability, with nothing. You were able to get away with it. Yeah. That's the, the thing that makes the most sense is they're being protected. Yeah. And again, you know, hopefully we find out by who. Um, I'm not sure if we ever do, but like I said, I, I think. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, I, all I could ask for is for being arrested, right? I mean, I, I, it had. That, you got that, that. I got it. Got it. So, I mean, at this point, we're just move on and hopefully for the best, and we get more information. Um, right. You know, we'll keep you guys. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely be tuned into to the latest and greatest whatever happens out of this story because I don't think it's ever going to end. And I think the biggest point of disagreement that you and I have on this, we're in agreement on what makes the most sense. Not drawing a specific conclusion, but yeah. the most likely conclusion. Yeah. I think the only area of disagreement in our conclusions is your 70-30 Epstein is alive. I'm 70-30 Epstein is dead. Because I don't fair. think there's any reason to keep my wife. Yeah. It, there's too much if, risk to not enough if, reward. Right. So if my premise that I put forth today is that he's lesser than a king or queen on the chessboard, then you know maybe my maybe my numbers are are, are a bit high. But oh, time will tell. We'll, we'll, maybe we'll we'll know more as uh, Ms. Maxwell. Uh, Story. I like to see a mugshot just to kind of see what she looks like. But you know what I like about you so much? What's that? You're open to the prospect that you're wrong. And that's yeah, okay. Oh, I'm wrong all the time. We're guessing. I don't mind being wrong. See? It's a miracle. That's that's it's like that's, you're not even American. Yeah. Um all right, let's switch gears uh drastically, but just let's talk about sports here. Um <laughs> so we still only have I so we just call it sport clicking politics. So you only have one well, I guess I'm i I'm trying not to be disrespectful to racing and MMA and those guys, but of the sports that I watch, there's only one going on right now, PGA. Um, my boy Bryson DeChambeau gets a win. Um, I think kind of going into the final round where he was like two shots off the lead, kind of everybody knew it was his to lose, and it turned out to be just that. Um, Matthew Wolf, uh, second-year player, really good player, but kind of fell back, and DeChambeau gets his win. Um, wins the Rocket Mortgage Classic. The dude is jacked. It's a long way, um, but I think he's getting better and better and better. And I think he wants to be, you know, this generation's Tiger Woods. So I will go and say I was wrong about Bryson DeChambeau when he first came out two or three years ago. I watched him, and he had all his irons the same length and all this yeah, other he, stuff. He's easy to hate. And I was like, oh, this guy's a tool. Yeah. Like, he's right. not for no, real. He's, got the hat. He's, he's too gimmicky. He's right. whatever else. Yeah, it's adorable. Go yeah, away. Right. I was one hundred percent wrong. I couldn't have been more wrong. I, after watching what he did and watching the consistency over the last few weeks, I, there's no arguing. This guy is legitimately going to be in the running for top golfer in the world for the next 10 years. I yeah, mean, he's he's going to be number one in the world. Um, he's playing the best right now. Uh, you know, almost, you know, he's a top 10 machine. I don't think he's finished out of the top 10 in I don't even know how long. Right. It's, um, it's unbelievable. So a win was inevitable. Um, you know, I think. He was, I think he was the, by, by far the odds-on betting favorite, and he was the highest-priced DraftKings player, so, um, As which, means I, which means I don't play him, because I never play the highest-priced DraftKings player, so, which, I, You're I, got, a value a, I got a big goose egg this week, so. Uh, sorry. Um, That's why it's gambling, though. Right. It's every now and then right. that happens. Right. Um, I guess. Um, 
No, but listen, so he's amazing. Yeah, he's he's. And I know people talk about how 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 much bigger he's gotten during the quarantine and how much, and he's just annihilating the ball. He's hitting it so much farther now. Um, and like you said, he does all those same quirky things that you were talking about before. He's still got all the same, you know, same shafted irons and, uh, um, you know, tries to replicate one swing instead of 10 swings or whatnot. Right. I, I'm still waiting to see, and, you know, this is just me, amateur golf swing analyst guy, um, looking at his short game. I wonder if that mechanical engineer thought um, part of his game will work i feel like there's more finesse needed around the green sometimes and sometimes the engineer brain makes you want to do something technical technical and very you know a one certain way where i think sometimes you need to and i'm not saying he doesn't have creativity around the greens but i think his his approach is very similar to his swing which is just find the right motion and repeat it would it be fair to say your concern is in the balance of art and science that golf requires, he may rely too heavily on science and be lacking on the artistic side of creativity? Yeah, and I, a, but it's only right. like I said, I think he reads the greens well, sure, and I think he, it's really just the, the, the short little swing that he's taking with the short game. It just looks, you know, too stiff. I guess I don't know. That's just me, but I don't know. I mean, clearly he's way better golfer than I am, so I don't know what am I doing, but. Um, I love watching Bryson. Like I said, I I like watching people who do things completely differently than everybody else and then just ride it out to success. Like those things are are great to see. Um, you know that there's going to be a Bryson 2.0 at some point. Somebody's going to try to repeat this and be like, I'm going to do it even this way more, right? And those are the kind of people, you know, Bryson being this person is, you know, can lead a path to a new kind of something, Um this has happened to be golf, but he is basically re-engineering the golf swing, which is interesting. I did and winning. It's working. Whatever he's doing is working, and I I was a doubter. I one hundred percent did not think that this was going to work. I was wrong. I, he is proving me wrong. I can acknowledge that, and it's fun to watch him. I've gone from being dismissive of him, of almost like condescending. To being actively cheering for him. Yeah, so I like the guy. I want him to win because yeah. he's so fun to watch play golf because there's nothing robotic around him. There's nothing uh, – not robotic, that's the wrong word, but it's – everything is – you want to cheer for the guy. He's I'm he's just saying he's, he's thought out his golf game more than anybody – like I said, maybe other than Tiger Woods and maybe more so than Tiger Woods. I mean, I think Tiger Woods may have been a better athlete and there might – you know, DJ might be a better athlete and there might be – people who you could put in the same, like the John Rahms and the Roy's of the world clearly could be the best golfer. But like, I'd like to like he this dude seems like he has the drive to want to be better than them all. Um, and this is not trying to knock any of those other guys. Cause clearly they're the, the handful of best golfers that there are in the world, but Bryson wants to be there. And I think he wants to be better than them all. Right. And listen, Dustin Johnson in particular is already on the record as saying like, I can't practice that much. It drives me nuts. I'd go bored. I'd get bored. I'd lose right. my mind. He's a, he seems like a super good athlete. Like right. how he could play uh, other sports if he wanted to. And this golf is the one that, that he hit it with. Um, but I don't know. There, there's just something that, that, that whatever's driving Bryson makes me want to watch him, makes me root for him, and I'm glad he won. Um, right. didn't, win, didn't win me any money in DraftKings, but I'm glad he won. I think well, similar to Tiger Woods, similar Ooh. to truly great athletes, he's probably not going to be the guy like Phil Mickelson that everybody loves. 
because they're the people that are the most driven are the ones that want to have that instinct of I'm here to beat you. Right. Not, not be friends, not hang out. I'm here to win. And so that is a little bit off-putting to the average person, sure. yeah. but it's such a necessary component to having that level of right. victory. Though. Yeah, people hated Tiger when he was, you know, when he was, you know, tone deaf or, you know, tuned out the fans or whatnot. Right. It's because he was so. trying to win. Right. right. He, that, he had one focus, and it was whatever it was. Win. It wasn't to try to appease anybody else other than himself right. at that point. So and that's the true. I think of all of – if you look at the greatest in every sport – they have that. It's an extra level of an instinct that, like, teammates didn't like playing with Michael Jordan. Right. Some teammates didn't like playing with Peyton Manning. Like, if you are truly great at something, think of the sacrifice. Think of everything you've done, and it requires you're trying to beat – he's not trying to beat you and me. He's trying to beat guys that he is approximately one-tenth of one percent right. better than. Right. And he and, wants to beat And sometimes that's the edge they need, right? It's right. just that they want it more. So. so I think he'll be brash, he'll be off-putting, not everybody will love him. I'm sure there will be a lot about how he's a jerk and whatever else, but oh, yeah. he's got a like fan said, of he's, me. Yeah, he's, I, he's, he's got two fans. Like I said, I root for him. I, I, I can't imagine him not winning a major here or multiple majors. Um, yeah. So it's only a matter of time. But he's fun to watch, like I said, even if he's hated. Um, <laughs> I haven't noticed any, uh, maybe on how much golf you watch, but like, do you miss the fans? Not really. So I mean they're 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 still not letting fans at these events. Um I feel like there's a discussion of eventually letting fans, but as we know in New York that's not going to happen. Um they banned all fans at all sporting events, I believe. For I don't know the if there's foreseeable a, yeah, future. for the foreseeable future anyway. So um we're going to have to I don't know if the football players are going to you know cheer on their team like if I, where, where are they going to get crowd noise they pump it in well the Colts used to have that right. that's right so um I don't know so the the COVID thing is is still impacting sports not only just golf um so all these sports you know as a Bills fan you know there's going to be no there's going to be no uh fans rooting for the Bills doesn't kind of take away from the I mean I in reality, like I, I respect Bills fans. Like they're, I think they're they're a, a factor to a positive factor to their home field advantage, and that's gone, right? So, and there are a bunch of teams like that. Uh, yeah, that I'm not sure how to measure it. I don't think anybody does, other than just winning at home. But I don't know how much the lack of fans will impact the home field advantage. I think it has to. Uh, I don't know. I don't have a good answer for you on that one. Um, I think it's. I think it's an unnecessary rule. I think that it's a... And this is outdoor and indoor sports. That's what I mean. I just don't... I understand the reasoning. I get why. I just disagree. I, I think that, number one, it's premature. Number two, especially in outdoor sports, are you telling me that, let's go, Ralph Wilson Stadium holds about 68,000 people. You can't let 30,000 in? That, that would have been impossible to have people maintain distance like they could sit with their family that they came with and then spread out. Like I, I feel like that would have been entirely feasible and possible. My issue with all government restrictions is, is it the least intrusive on daily life in order to meet the ends? And I don't think this is. I think this is typical overreach by our governor that is just become what his trademark is now. It's what is the most drastic measures we can take. Yes, we're going to yeah, do that. It's almost, you know, I, I, again, I hate beating the same drum here, but it's as if he's overreacting to his poor decisions early on 
and now trying to, you know, make it look like, you know, I did everything I could. I prolonged everything and was the whatever, um, basically trying to pat himself on the back for all these decisions that he made after he made a bunch of terrible decisions. So not only is he not allowing outdoor fans, you know, he's basically rescinded the dining inside places uh, in New York City. That's not happening. Um, You know, there's a threat of returning to, uh, of removing indoor dining upstate still some places, which is just crazy to me. Um, Obviously, he still is preaching wear a mask every three hours on social media. Uh, So he's he's dug in, uh, Governor Cuomo, that is, to you know, being the, the leader of the lockdown, um, the Prince of Paws. I don't know what he is here, but uh, Paws. he is, like he is killing us. He's killing us. So um, go ahead. I, it's my same issue that I always have with this, which is, look, at, if you don't trust people to follow rules or whatever else, fine, but that's not a reason that you have to, to do all of this. We have more data now than we had back in March. We have more evidence. We have more science. We can rely less on these predictive models that were thousands of percent off, and we can look at actual data to make these decisions. And we know that the biggest risk for this is the people that are older and the people that have health issues. That's a given. It's not a very big threat to you or I. So why can't you and I be allowed to go out and the people that are older and sick and concerned and worried, you can quarantine yourself. You don't have to go out. There are delivery services. There are grocery delivery services. If you're that worried and there's PPE that you can utilize to protect yourself when you go out. My fear is you're going to put businesses on a business. It's it's already happening. I mean, it's already happening. There's, there's a dozen, there's dozens and dozens of businesses that have called out just, just, even just skimming through social media, you can find dozens of them. And that is the ones who are just not even advertising it. So and that's not without consequence. Like sure. these things are bad. If you have a business go under, it's bad for the community. It's bad for the economy. It's bad for the owner. It's bad for the employees. It's bad for supply chains. It's bad for all of these reverberations that never get discussed. So now you're looking at it going, is there nothing else we could have done? Like you're going to ban indoor dining. What are these restaurant owners supposed to do? Honestly, right. I, I, I they're, they're going to fail, right? There is, there is no answer for them what to do. I, they're going to ride it out. Shut either, up. Yeah. They're either going to close and ride it out if they have the money or they're going to, they're going to close and never reopen. Um, right. cause not everybody can survive on outdoor dining. There are very few establishments that have the space to accommodate that. Most of them don't, almost all of them don't. There's very few who can just survive on outdoor dining. Um, there's still no increased gathering limits. We're at like 50. So like, um, you know, wet weddings, you know, yeah. Those are basically on hold at this point. You know, there's 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 damage being done by the second, and he likes taking victory laps about how well he's done managing this crisis <laughs> without acknowledging the fact of the nursing home issue that he generated or helped generate and the whole idea of businesses just collapsing around him. Like, th- those things are never uh, talked about. Um, other than just making tough choices. But, yeah, he's the one making tough choices, but he doesn't have to live with any of those consequences. So there's evidence gathering for a couple of conclusions that I can't say definitively we can draw yet, but this is where the evidence is pointing now. Number one, lockdowns had absolutely no impact on the track the virus took. And that's not me saying that. There's a lot of articles, I'll post them later, that if you look at the data from different areas of the world, all right, so we want to stop looking just at America and look at other countries and what happened there, as well as what happened in the other states, that there's very little correlation to say 
economic shutdowns resulted in fewer cases, fewer deaths, and fewer deaths per million of population. There, there's not even a correlation, let alone causation. So what did we do this all for? I get that we were scared, but that was because we didn't know anything back in March that we do know now. So to repeat the same strategies, I feel like it's nothing more than I want points for trying. Yeah, I, listen, I think there's a there's like a national effort to repeat the same strategies that happened in New York over and over again, other than the nursing home thing, because everybody figured out that that's where the problem was. Right. But all the narratives are exactly the same. You know, death, case, death hospitalization cases is just repeated on a national level that was happening here in New York. We all got scared. We all got the data you know, at the same time, and then the data changed. And we all figured out that, wait, okay, this is not going to be as bad. But people just kept holding on, like the governor kept holding on to things. In large part, even when the data started to change at the end of March, early April, he was still doubling down on the nursing home thing at that point, right? His, his, his order was still in full effect. And we were getting data that was like, hey, the only people this is really affecting is elderly people who are in close quarters with each other, hence the nursing homes. Right. Um, so he... Doubled, you know, he basically fueled the fire that was the problem. I'm assuming, and I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt that he benefit the doubt that he thought that there was going to be this influx of new hospitalizations from not old people, and thus overrunning the hospitals. Right. But it never happened. So by pushing those elderly patients back to the nursing homes, it was you know a brush fire, and it fire through dry grass. It ripped through there fast, and you know. The governor knew it, and I'm sure that's why they, they record their nursing home deaths uh, the way they do. Um, and everything since then, all of his orders since then, are a, a boomerang from those initial orders. And he's trying to be the safe governor, uh, you know, without acknowledging the damage that he's doing along the way. Right. I, you know, did you see the article I sent you about the, uh, the nursing home, the lack of nursing home uh, Residents in New York. Yeah, it's terrible. I posted this article. So this um, this is from the Empire Center. They do uh, they do a lot of research into New York State finance, you know, economics and 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 political stuff. Um, with just a New York focus, um, the art, the Bill Hammond, who wrote this article here, um, just did a basic. Uh, how many residents are in nursing homes in New York nursing homes? today as they were you know in the weeks previous um and you can see that the vacancies spikes uh right about the time where we start seeing a spike in deaths here uh i i do want to say that and the article points this out as well that clearly people were pulling their loved ones out of these nursing homes the ones that could pull them out did so and nobody's putting any of their loved ones back into these nursing homes so the new admissions is almost zero and there was some uh people who pulled out but the number's in there someplace. That number, I think in the article, it's upwards of 10,000. Um, the, the number's in there extra of New York deaths that should be attributed to nursing homes. It's in, that, it's in that number in this article someplace. Agreed. And I think, look, I've heard the counter argument of that's, that can be accounted for by people pulling their loved ones out of nursing homes. Yes, that happens. But how many people do you think who put their loved one in a nursing home in the first place could make a very simple and easy transition to having them back. Right. I think That'd that assumes difficult. that you just wanted to put them in there in the first place, which, I, listen, I've worked with this field for a long time. 95% of people 
put someone in a nursing home as a last resort because there is nothing else they can do. It's right. not the first option. I feel for like the average anyone. average resident, you know, life at a nursing home is less than six months. So, right. um, so it's know. not it's not ideal. And, right. it, and so now the idea that all of these people suddenly just said, "Okay, yeah, let's go and pull Grandma out, and we'll take her back in." There's a lot of assumptions in that 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 you just can't prove out. Right. One right. of which is that the, a lot of the families could do it. That it's not even necessarily like, okay, well, I'm not working anymore, so I can do it. It's the level of care they require. Right. It is around-the-clock nursing care is not easy to give. If it's Alzheimer's or dementia, which accounts for a pretty substantial part of nursing homes, you can't safely provide for them at home either. There's a risk to the patient right. of, I think, the idea that none of that can be accounted for by people that left nursing homes and died in hospitals is wishful thinking on the people who just adamantly want to defend the governor. Yeah. I, and like I said, I think, I think there's a sliver of it in there. Sure. <coughs> Excuse me. I think there is a sliver in there, but I, I think the majority of those are people who died. Um, yeah. And that number is a, is an uncounted, it's, you know, it's counted in our death report. So it's not their uncounted deaths. They're just missed. They're misidentified, so mislabeled. Uh, yeah, for sure. And and you know, again, early on, I could see there being confusion and panic. Not, maybe not even panic, but just you know, you're making decisions in the in a split second. You're getting new information all the time, and this is, you know, our governor included. But you can change your past when you get new information. It just doesn't seem to be the case. It seems that they, everybody has dug in to the idea that this thing is something that it's not. And we're suffering the consequences of it. And I, you know, they talk about cases, all these other country, all these other States about increased cases, this and that. But to me, without the corollary or correlating deaths and hospitalization thought that's all good. That's all good news to me. I don't know. Yeah. I, look, herd immunity. Herd immunity should be the goal. And I think we're going to accidentally stumble into it because I saw this online yesterday. God loves fools, drunks in the United States of America. I just, for some reason, we, we <laughs> fall under his favor uh, because it was never the plan, but it seems we're going to accidentally stumble into it. Um, look, if, it, I don't like what this has become as a political question of anytime you say anything that is at all contrarian, you are immediately dismissed as uh, well, you'll believe anything Donald Trump yeah, tells you're you. A maggot. You're a mega. I hack, promise yeah. you that is not true. But looking at data, looking at research, looking at evidence, there's a few things that become fairly obvious. And look, if you don't think the number of tests we're performing is some of the reason for why we have so many more cases, you're not wanting to see the data. Yeah. I mean, we're testing four times as many as most other countries. Like, it's, it's not close how much more. I think we've done like 37 million tests. England's done 9 million. China has allegedly done 90 million, but they have so few positives that it's outside of the margin of error for the test. Like just even if they actually had zero, they would have showed up 20% positive or 10% positive, and they're claiming they have none. So believe that data if you want to. I'm going to remain skeptical. Uh, similar story in Russia. Believe the data if you want to. I'm going to remain skeptical. But those are the only two other countries that are even claiming similar numbers of tests as we are. Is it the sole factor? No. Is it a factor? Yes. And I don't know when we lost the ability for nuance or multiple causes in this conversation, but it drives me nuts. 
Why can't it be more than one thing? Why can't there be multiple factors? We always want this simple and clean explanation for everything that doesn't exist. There's multiple factors that went into this. The protests play a role in this. I'm sorry, it does. I'm not even saying the protests were wrong. They should go protest. God bless you. I support you. Do you think it wasn't going to result in a, a spike in cases? Yeah, right. Of course it was. It's a large gathering of people all within close quarters of each other for multiple hours screaming. Right. I, yeah, right. This is common sense. Of course right. that's going to lead to an uptick in transmission. And right, and I, kinda, I feel like I said this at the time. I was like, well, hopefully this is a silver lining in the protest is that all these young people spread the virus amongst themselves, spread it amongst each other, because they almost never, they almost always recover, never have symptoms, never cause any stress to right. any system. They basically pass it on without knowing they even had it to another person who passes it on to without ever knowing they had it and keeps going. So where is the devastation? The devastation is, again, as you point out, in, in usually indoor spaces, tight, tight, close quarters with people who are eight, uh, uh, symptomatic and, you know, not taking precautions, right? So, like... The recipe to get it, we know what it is, right. and it's not at the Bills game. So, no. again, I, I'm not sure. It's not walking down the street. No. It's not when I'm outside walking with my family, staying 10 feet away from everybody else, and I don't have a mask on. That's not the likely. Could it happen? Maybe, but sure, the evidence but... is so inconclusive on it that I'm inclined to say, no, it actually couldn't, or the odds are so low that we would never discuss them in any other conversation. I think the other thing that gets lost, as long as we're going to discuss nuance, there is a difference between being pre-symptomatic and being asymptomatic. And we have somehow conflated these two things, which I don't blame because we don't really know if somebody's going to be asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic until after the virus runs its course. Right. The evidence on pre-symptomatic transmission indicates that it, it is happening, and it's likely, and it's a, a higher likelihood of transmission from someone who's pre-symptomatic to somebody who doesn't have the virus. The evidence on asymptomatic transmission is far lower. It's, it's not nearly as prevalent. Uh, and even when they see the asymptomatic transmission, you don't see very many cases, if any, where an asymptomatic person transmits it to somebody else who then gets very sick. It's, it hasn't seen a lot of evidence to support that, but we come out and scream about masks and everything else, even if you're perfectly healthy and showing no symptoms, as if it's gospel truth. Look, to call the evidence conflated would be an understatement. There is no clear conclusion to draw from it. All right. There's a ton of different studies have been done. There are question marks around nearly all of them. And I don't have an answer for you. But before you want to jump down somebody else's throat for them walking down the street, not wearing a mask 15 feet away from you, and you want to call them evil or selfish. Covidiots. Or, or what? Covidiots. That's Covidiots or grandma killers or whatever else. That's Cuomo. Look, seriously take a look. If you're not going to look at the data, if you're not going to look at the evidence and you just want to yell at other people, God bless you. But maybe the ignorance isn't just on one side of the debate. And there are people that are just not wearing a mask on principle and also have not looked at any data, but no. they are just doing whatever Donald Trump yeah. told them to do or they right. In, right. inferred from Donald Trump or whatever you want to say. They're idiots too. But if you're doing the same thing and you've committed to the position without at least looking at any data that not only agrees with you, but the data that's available that does not agree with you, you're part of the problem. If you're not going to do it, don't yell at everybody else because your opinion is at best incomplete. Yeah. And like Sorry. I said, it's, 
you know, I, I, I'm, I totally echo those sentiments. I, you know, I, if you're going to be in one of the situations, the spaces in close proximity with, with somebody who has it, take the precautions. Of course. Other than that, like, I, I don't understand where we're at. Listen, I ho- I'm not anti-mask. No. Not I just, at all. Just, like I said. Pick and choose. Yeah. If I'm walking down the street and I have my dog and my kids with me and I don't have a mask on and you're going to throw me a dirty look, I'm going to laugh at you. Yeah. If I'm walking through a store and I am 15 feet away from everybody else, yeah, I might not pull my mask. I dropped my kid off at a camp outside today. I was the only person without a mask on and I was getting looks. And I'm looking around like I am 20 feet away from any other human being out here and I am outside. To the scourge of the earth. Like my kid has a mask on because it was a rule of the camp. And again, I'm not here to take some... Grave political stand. Sure, right. I only had two masks in my car, and I had my two kids with me, so I gave them the masks. My bad. But I had to laugh. Like, the uselessness of me wearing a mask in this situation, the only thing it serves to do is make you feel better about virtue signaling. There's no data that supports that I'm at any greater or less risk of transmitting this virus when I am outside and this far away from everybody else. Not screaming, not singing. I'm dropping my kid off. That's it. And I had to laugh at the situation of like, all right, this is the point we've hit, where yeah. it's everybody has a camp, everybody has a team, and it's not, once you've decided that, it's no longer about being right. right. Now it's winning. Right. Now you're going to look at all the studies that support you, and you're not going to look at them critically and say, okay, what did this data actually say, and is there, are there holes in the conclusion? You're going to give that a pass, but any data that goes against you or undermines your conclusion you're going to fine-tooth comb, or you're going to find a way to discredit the author. That's what's going to happen from here on out, and that's what's really sad. Yeah, and like I said, it's the, you know, the shifting narratives on, on what data they're using is, is part of the problem. You're like, man, they, they, you know, right now it's cases, so it's, it used to be deaths, and again, it used to be flatten the curve. We had all these slogans and all the stuff that's going on, and, you know, I have a blind spot. I'm well aware that I have a blind spot with the media and think that they're terrible, but like they're terrible. So <laughs> they they have not helped at all. They've picked a side just as you pointed out and they've decided to run with the side without really ever presenting any kind of nuanced conversation about it at all. Zero, none. So I don't know. Like I said, it's 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 somewhat disheartening. Um and but, yet utterly predictable. But I just wake up every day and do my thing and whatever happens, happens and you know so far so good, I guess. Um Is it- I want to ask you about this. Did you see the article uh, about how COVID-19 is going to lose its status as an epidemic? Yes. I, it's funny. Any I mean, thoughts? Uh, I would think that should be good news. Probably like frontline New York Times, headline New York Times news. Weird. If true, right? I mean, wouldn't we want to be like, hey, we've, we've, we've won. We beat the pandemic. Like we did it. No, no. New York won. That's no, it. it doesn't work. The other states lost. It'll probably happen in December. Uh, mid-november um all right anything else no i think we talked on everything else trying to think i think we covered everything uh, you, okay uh, i know listen. you had a little bit of mask stuff there you want to talk about the masks at oh, all yeah, you want to well, stay just, i looked at the cdc website last night about the recommendation for masks because i got curious and apparently i am just a giant nerd but i'm intrigued we by all of it. this what's that we appreciate your nerdiness thanks i appreciate it too um so cdc website lists out All right, everybody should wear a mask when it's possible, especially if you can't be outside of six feet away from somebody else. This is based on what we know about droplet transmission and the supporting evidence from these studies. So they link 19 studies that are supposed to be the evidence in conjunction with what we know about droplets. 
So out of the 19, nine of the studies were on droplets and had no, no question, no reference to masks whatsoever. So I, I didn't think those were exactly noteworthy to include in there, but they didn't measure the efficiency or efficacy of masks. Uh, three simply started with the assumption that obviously masks will stop the transmission. So this is a comparison between cotton, polyester, nylon, et cetera, et cetera, different cloth masks. Okay, but I, I won't, don't want to start with the conclusion in mind. I'd like to know how effective these things are in general, not comparing one bad option to another. All right. Four of these studies that were cited actually compared the N95 mask to a surgical mask, so it had zero to do with cloth face coverings, but that's neither here nor there. And then two of the studies were concluded that masks were effective, but they included it as a part of a broader protection strategy, meaning they said you see a reduction in nursing homes and hospitals specifically, Transmission when people wear masks, gloves, gowns, and all of the proper. And if you can't wear an N95, wear a, diff- wear a surgical mask, and it'll be better than nothing. So, all right, I would call all of those things. I'm not refuting them. I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm saying there are at least some holes in the logic and in the studies that don't necessarily support the conclusion they are intended to support. There was one study out of the 19 that actually compared cloth masks to surgical masks. And now, obviously, surgical masks are not as effective as N95 at stopping a virus. All right, fine. This study concluded that cloth masks are less than one-third as effective than surgical masks, but they are better than nothing. Okay, so at least there's some evidence to support this theory now. Now the hole in the study. Hard data. The hole in the study, of course, is that the entire study consisted of 21 families. Country of 330 million people and the most compelling data I could find on the CDC website consisted of 21 families. 21 families. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt and say four people 50 per masks, maybe. Maybe. So, again, I'm not saying don't wear a mask. I'm not saying masks don't work. I think the evidence is actually very strong to support. If you're symptomatic, wearing a mask is a great idea, and staying away from people is a great idea. You should do it. It's very effective. If you are inside near somebody and you have even the slightest bit of symptoms, wear a mask. It is obviously effective, and it will help. The question, Mark, I keep going back to is how much evidence is there to support this idea that, number one, asymptomatic transmission is at all common, and that wearing a cotton cloth over your face is an effective means of preventing transmission, or is it that the droplets are so small it's going to pass right through that, and we're doing this all just for the virtue signaling that it's involved? Ultimately, I still I bring a mask with me. I wear a mask when I'm close to somebody, even though I have no symptoms whatsoever because I'm not a jerk. I'm just wondering about the evidence, and if you're going to go and bash somebody else about their beliefs or their opinions— maybe take a look at it. And there are studies, however, that conclude that cloth masks and even surgical masks have very little effect, if any, on the transmission of coronaviruses. It's a CDC study that was released back in February. There's enough evidence out there that basically says the, at best, it's inconclusive. So let's at least get some more information. Let's find the data. And we're all trying to figure this out. Try not to pick a team. Try not to get into one camp or the other. You can question the data from the government and still not be for Donald Trump. It's allowed. I looked it up. It's, I promise you can do it. Nice. We have a you CDC. They, I mean, think about how many things the government has gotten wrong in this over the last the, the testing, conflating the data on cases where they were for at least seven weeks 
if you had antibodies or an active test, you got counted as an active case. That, that's just not true. That's misleading data. And this is our government trying its best, but they're going to make mistakes. So we're still clinging to these ideas. And as soon as Anthony Fauci says anything, everybody goes, well, that's obviously true. Like, I, listen, the guy came out. This, this was my favorite part of this, and then I'll stop. I'll get off my soapbox. I'm sorry. The guy came out and said, don't wear face masks. They're ineffective. Then he came out a few weeks later and said, all right, everybody should be wearing a face mask because they are effective. Somebody finally asked, like, hey, what's up with the change? He said, well, we were concerned about overstressing medical workers, and we wanted the mask to go to them, so we didn't want the people. So you knew back then that you believed face masks would be effective at stopping the spread, but you told people not to get them because you wanted other groups to get them. Yes, there's a word for that. It's called lying. That's fine. You had a justifiable reason for lying. Two days later, this guy has the goal to come out and say, well, there's this real anti-science and anti-authority bias in the United States that's hard to explain. That's not hard to explain. It's from history of lying. It's a track record. <laughs> and listen, if, you, if you're not sure, ask any veteran how much, tra- how much faith and trust they'll blindly put in the government. It'll, yeah. be, a, it'll be a small number, I very, promise. Very small. The people with the most interaction have the least amount of faith has been my experience. So that's all I got. Okay. Sorry. Well, nope. I I love it. On that note, that's good. Um, Hopefully next week, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell has a mugshot, and uh, we get some new news on that. Hopefully we get a – I think we got two weeks in a row for the PGA at Murfield Village in Ohio. So I think two tournaments in a row in the same golf course. So I think they're going to kind of play it one way one week and then try to – change it, it and tweak it up and play it harder the following week at the memorial so um we'll cover that Love it. um we'll cover more COVID, i'm sure in new york and see how that all plays out with our governor um until then uh thank you for uh tuning in and we'll see you next week hey don't forget to share this too like you can uh, spread the word a little bit too i keep i've never uh, actually promoting ourselves probably well enough but if you guys want to do that Share, like, uh, all that good stuff on social media, and we very much appreciate it. So have a good day. We'll see you next week.